0: Hello, and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. Ray Robinson is also with us from the studios of KVOH in Los Angeles. This is edition NWS 676 for release on Sunday, February 6, 2022. On WaveScan today, The Voice of America Relay Station in a Submarine, our ancient DX report for 1927 and our Japan DX report. The Voice of America radio stations in the Philippine Islands that subsequently became so well known throughout the international radio world underwent a very small, though very interesting beginning towards the end of the Pacific War in the middle of last century. In order to understand those early origins way back then, let's go back to the year 1942. Ray Robinson explains what happened.
1: Thanks, Jeff. After a series of Japanese military campaigns in various areas of the Philippines, the American forces officially surrendered to them on May 6, 1942, in a ceremony that was broadcast live over the medium wave and shortwave services of the popular three-year-old Manila radio station, KZRH. However, two months before that surrender, President Franklin D. Roosevelt in Washington, D.C., had ordered General Douglas MacArthur to escape from the Philippines and fly to Australia, where he was to develop American counterplans for return invasions in the Pacific. Soon after he arrived in Australia, he made a statement in the Australian media in which he declared to the Filipino people, I will return. Less than three years later, MacArthur fulfilled his vow to the Filipino people when a massive naval flotilla composed of 750 American and Australian ships invaded the east coast of Leyte Island in the southern Philippines in October 1944. On October the 22nd 1944, MacArthur waded ashore at Red Beach, north of Palo on Samar Island, at the beginning of his fateful return to his beloved adopted country. It was here that he made his famous I Have Returned speech over a mobile communication station that had been installed onto an army weapons carrier vehicle. This mobile broadcast was picked up on a Navy vessel offshore, the light cruiser USS Nashville, which was the command ship under General Douglas MacArthur for the return invasion of the Philippines. From the Nashville, MacArthur's famous words were flashed on shortwave to the radio ships Apache and FP-47 nearby, and thence across the Pacific to New Guinea, Australia, Hawaii and the United States. Soon afterwards, planning was implemented for another American invasion, this time in the Lingayan Gulf on the eastern shore of the island of Luzon, opposite the city of Manila. This location was just 30 land miles from Manila. In preparation for this assault, plans were laid to place a medium-wave station on the air with information that would be a morale booster for the local Filipino people. Medium-wave transmissions from the distant island of Leyte, 300 miles to the south, would not provide satisfactory daytime coverage up near Manila. It would be unwise to station a shipboard radio station in the Lingayan Gulf, such as the American Australian Apache, the American FP-47 or the Triton Maris, as any of these ships would have been an easy target for Japanese attack. As a satisfactory alternative, an American submarine was chosen with a 50-watt medium-wave transmitter aboard. It would seem that this submarine was made ready in the United States, perhaps at San Diego, in advance of its planned usage in the Pacific, and in particular for its usage off the east coast of Luzon Island. It's known that programming over this submarine radio station was under the auspices of OWI, the Office of War Information, and of VOA, the Voice of America in California. The call sign for that temporary medium-wave radio broadcasting station was KZSO, a call sign that would appeal to listeners in the Philippines. The letter K in the call sign KZSO back then indicated an American radio station in the Philippines. The letter Z indicated the island of Luzon and the letters SO stood for submarine operation it's probable that the operating channel for medium-wave KZSO was 710 kHz. The official government broadcasting service in the Philippines today, PBS, the Philippine Broadcasting System, still traces its earliest origins to medium-wave radio station KZSO aboard the American submarine. It's suggested that KZSO's programme schedule in English and Tagalog was compiled from three different sources – pre-recorded material that was loaded into the submarine before it left the California coast, live off-air programming relayed from shortwave Voice of America in California, and live local announcements by a radio officer aboard the submarine. Obviously, radio station KZSO could be on the air only when the submarine was floating on the surface of the ocean it would appear that the station was inaugurated off the coast of Luzon Island without ceremony in late December 1944. On January the 9th, 1945, American Armed Forces made an amphibious landing in the southern areas of the Gulf of Lingayan, and it stated that radio station KZSO supported these landings with its radio programming. And then, one month later, on February 3rd, 1945, station KZSO was transferred from the submarine and taken ashore, where it was installed as a land-based station. We'll continue the story of this amazing radio station with further interesting information in a future program.
0: Thank you, Ray. A few years ago on Wavescan, we visited the warehouse of the Living Museum of Radio and Communications in Montevideo, Uruguay. And we spoke there with antonio tormo the curator of the museum well a few days ago we received the sad news from antonio's wife through ruben margenet in argentina that antonio tormo had recently passed away antonio had a few rooms full of mostly antique and unique radios and electronic equipment That were stored inside the National Museum of Anthropology in Montevideo and open to visitors by appointment. When we visited there were hundreds of radios from Europe, the United States, Asia and also radios manufactured in South America. He had old phonograph players, memorabilia such as moon landing certificates and medallions issued by the Voice of America, numerous QSL cards, a radio in the shape of a house, Voice recorders that recorded on special wires, even old Russian radar equipment. There were plans to move the collection to a different location open to the public. We're not sure what the current status is, but we hope that a suitable location and new curator will be found to keep such a valuable and historical collection alive and available to educate the public about the history of radio. Indeed, Antonio Tormo did a fantastic job of preserving the radio and communications history of Uruguay and much of the world. Cuban radio announcer Moisés López, one of the first voices on the airwaves of Radio Martí, died on January 1st, 2022, at 89 years of age. López was born in the Cuban city of Regla on November 8, 1932. He worked in journalism for more than 60 years and arrived in the city of Miami in 1961. In 1985, he moved to Washington, D.C. to start his career at Radio Martí. Radio Martí went on the air in the early hours of May 20th, 1985, on the 83rd anniversary of the proclamation of the Republic of Cuba. Aquí, Radio Martí, programa de servicio para Cuba, de la voz de los Estados Unidos de América. Dr. Humberto Medrano opened the program with a vibrant Aquí Radio Martí, or This is Radio Martí, followed by the sonorous voice of Moisés López with Good Morning Cuba. Everything was ad-lib, he said in a 2015 interview. They gave me the microphone, and I just started talking to the Cubans.
1: Dentro de lo que tengo en mi mente, me recuerdo que cuando Jorge me dio el micrófono, así casi en un susurro, me dijo, toma, Y eso era para decirle, Buenos días, Cuba. Les habla Moisés Lopez, desde la capital de los Estados Unidos America.
0: Moisés Lopez said that when Radio Martí founder Jorge Mascanosa handed him the microphone, he told Lopez, Take this so you can remove the arrow that you have through your heart. Then Lopez said, Good morning, Cuba. I'm Moises Lopez from the capital of the United States of America. Lopez also worked at the clandestine CIA operated medium wave and shortwave station Radio Swan on the Honduran Swan Island in the Caribbean that broadcast to Cuba in the 1960s and we have another recent death to announce as well Ray has a brief profile of him
1: we received the sad news this week that Roger Wallace passed away on January the twenty second aged eighty Does that name ring a bell? Well if like me you twiddled around the dial after the British Marine Offences Act went into effect in 1967 you may have come across Radio Sweden in English on 254 metres medium wave squeezed right in between the light programme on 247 and Caroline on 259. Their medium-wave programmes were simulcast on shortwave to many parts of the world, including North America. And of course on Tuesday nights was Sweden Calling DX's, the show that first introduced me to the world of shortwave radio. But on Saturday and Sunday evenings, the main presenter on Radio Sweden was Roger Wallace, known as Big Bad Roger. Do you remember this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello, Roger. Hmm. Hello, lads. Here's a short wave. <laughs>
1: Big bad Roger. Oh, that
0: wasn't Big Bad Roger. That was Big Bag DLT from Shut up, listen <laughs> to this joke here. It's been sent to him from uh, Miss Blossom Crasto. That's a name to go to bed with. And this is a shortwave part of the show, so she can hear us because she lives in uh, Seven Galthan Street, two um, OPPPO. And dairy And to you, sir And Harry to you (laughs) Bombay, 58, India And uh, she's got a tremendous joke here It says Number two That's number two joke on the page It says (laughs) Albert Did Moses have headaches? Dad How on earth do I know? What makes you ask such a question? Albert Well, sister said The Lord gave Moses two tablets
1: (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful Beautiful That is Indian
0: humour, you see
1: very beautiful thank you blossom gaster for a lovely uh, joke filled joke filled letter we will be pleased to send you a record in our joke week competition anybody sends jokes to radio sweden 10510 stockholm sweden wins a record
2: about
1: <laughs> may main- Normally, Roger co presented with Australian Kim Lochran, known as Kangaroo Kim, but on that occasion, as you heard, it was former Caroline man Dave Lee Travis in the studio with Roger. That was on Saturday, the 16th of September 1967, still two weeks before the launch of BBC Radio 1. The Saturday show was a zany mix of pop music, jingles and comedy skits, and on Sundays Roger presented the Sunday Pops, showcasing some of the best music coming out of Sweden at that time. He was a mainstay of the Radio Sweden English service from 1967 to 1981, and was also an adjunct professor of multimedia at the Royal Institute of Technology in Stockholm. Here's Roger signing off a Saturday show in 1969. Uh, exactly 20 seconds time. We'll be signing off on Radio Sweden. This is Roger Wallace, hoping you've enjoyed the show. Hoping you'll join us again next week on the Saturday show from Radio Sweden. Now, address once again, final call up is Radio Sweden. Saturday show, post number 10 Stockholm 10 Stock on Sweden, take good care of yourselves. Don't do anything I wouldn't do without asking mummy or daddy first. Now they give you different answers. Well, like, <gasps> decide yourself, won't you? If you want to make me... Roger Wallace, who's died aged 80. Rest in peace, Roger.
0: Thank you, Ray. And Ray, you now have our ancient DX report for 1927.
1: The American radio magazine Radio News for October 1927 presents a list of radio broadcasting stations that have been recently monitored on shortwave. We've adjusted that list into a more modern format, and so we now present this monitoring information in frequency order as reported by Radio News. On 4690 kHz, station 2XE from Richmond Hill, Long Island, New York, USA. This low-powered 500-watt shortwave station provides a relay of medium-wave WABC. However, this station, operated by the Greeb radio company, is considered to be experimental, with no set schedule for on-air operation on 4840 and 21430 kHz, station 8XK from Forest Hills, Pennsylvania, USA. This Westinghouse station is on the air on two shortwave channels in parallel, with 50 kW and 40 kW respectively almost every evening, with a program relay of KDKA medium wave intended for listeners in the United States and beyond. They expect to change frequencies for these broadcasts quite soon, and the two new channels will be approximately 5770 and 11540 kHz. On 5000 kHz, station JB from Johannesburg, South Africa. This is an experimental station that is sometimes on the air on approximately 60 metres, or also on any frequency from 20 to 25 metres on 5765 kHz station 8XAL from Harrison, Ohio, USA. The Crossley radio programming from medium-wave WLW is relayed every evening over their low-powered 100-watt shortwave transmitter 8XAL. Both the medium-wave and shortwave transmitters are installed in an isolated two-storey farmhouse near Harrison, a small town close to the state border with Indiana. On 7460 kHz, station AGC from Berlin, Germany. This station may be heard on occasions. On 8110 kHz, station RA19 from Tomsk State University in Siberia. This is a communication transmitter with 300 watts that is on the air usually one hour a day with program broadcasting. Their QSL card is highly prized on 9090 kHz, station G2NB from Caterham, Surrey, England. The programming from the famous BBC medium-wave station 2LO in London, England, is heard for one hour in the evenings, relayed via the amateur station G2NB. A parallel relay from the same G2NB is heard simultaneously on 13045 kHz. On 9155 kHz, station 2XAF from South Schenectady, New York State, USA. This general electric shortwave station with 50 kW is on the air every Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday night with a program relay of medium wave station WGY. On 9375 kHz, station XWA from Drummondville, Quebec, Canada. This is an experimental shortwave station operated by the Canadian Marconi Company, and when it's on the air, its program feed is from medium-wave station CFCF. On 9705 kHz, station 2XAL from the Roosevelt Hotel in New York City, USA. This 500-watt experimental shortwave station is owned by the Radio News magazine, and whenever it happens to be on the air, it relays medium-wave station WRNY. On 9935 kHz, station PCJJ from Eindhoven, Holland. This shortwave station is located at the Philips Radio Factory, and it's on the air for a couple of hours on Tuesday and Thursday evenings. The programming from PCJJ is always produced specifically for shortwave listeners in other parts of the world. Station PCJJ was officially open on March 11th this year, 1927. The antenna system for this low-powered shortwave operation is beamed to the Dutch colonies in Southeast Asia, and occasional off-air relays from the BBC in London via PCJJ can be heard at a good level in Australia. On 13625 kHz, Station 2 XAD from South Schenectady, New York State, USA. This 25 kilowatt GE shortwave transmitter is heard four nights a week, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday and Friday, and like 2XAF, also relays programming from mediumwave station WGY. And finally, on 17240kHz, station PKXX from Malabar, Java in the Dutch East Indies. This distant shortwave station is on the air half a dozen hours each day, except on Sundays, and it's often heard in the United States. We'll have more about the 1927 shortwave scene in a future edition of the program.
0: Thank you, Ray Robinson at KVOH. Now let's go to Yukiko Tsuji in Tokyo.
2: Hello and welcome to the DX Report of the Month from Japan Shortwave Club, aided by Toshi Otake, and I'm Yukiko Tsuji. We have several DX reports from our club members this week. Radio Free Asia via Tinian, Northern Marianas, was heard on 17730 kHz on January 3rd from 02.30 to 02.40 UTC in Tibetan. SIO rating was a 3.43, then down to 3.33. Station jingle and ID were aired, then talk program by a female announcer started. KTWR from Guam was heard on 9910 kHz on January 2nd from 1058 with interval signal to 1145 UTC in English. SIO rating was 454. Unlimited Grace started at 1100, followed by the Lord's Challenge at 1130. It turned into Chinese program at 1145. BBC World Service via Oman was received on 5980 kHz on December 31st from 2358 with interval signal to 0030 UTC on January 1st in English. SIO rating was 353. At 2359, it announced BBC World Service now strikes Big Ben for midnight Greenwich Mean Time. Then Big Ben chimed, twelve times. World News for that O one. Radio Sadael Zindagi Via Dabaya UAE was heard on one five four nine zero kHz on january fourth from the sign on at O eight thirty to O nine oh one UTC in Dari. SIO rating was two four two. It signed on with music and ID then talk program by two male announcers with local song started. ID was given again at 0900, then another talk program started. Norddeutsche Rundfunk via Tashkent, Uzbekistan, was heard on 6080 kHz on December 24th from 1810 to 2000 UTC in German. SIO rating was 343. This was a special program for Christmas Eve, Groups on Board. Talk program by male and female announcers with some interview and the songs was on the air. Manara Radio International via East Sudan, France, was heard on 13710 kHz on January 4th from 0740 to the sign-off at 0759 UTC in Hausa. SIO rating was 353. Phone interview was aired. Jingle and I.D. were broadcast at 07.56. WRNO from New Orleans, USA was heard on 7505 kHz on January 4th from 08.38, but faded out at 08.52 UTC in English. SIO rating was 2.42. Radio Talk program and gospel songs were broadcast. WRMI from Okeechobee, USA, was received on 5850 kHz on January 2nd from 1045 to 1100 UTC in English. SIO rating was 352. Web scan number 671, included Japan DX report, was on the air. Radio Brazil Central from Goiania, Brazil, was heard on 11815 kHz on December 30th, from 0850 to 0902 UTC in Portuguese. SIO rating was 252. Sartanepo and a talk program by a male announcer were broadcast. ID was given at 0902. Finally, Japan Shortwave Club will issue the QSO cards for the correct reports on our segment of Wavescan program. We are issuing QSO card by email to the report sent by email. Our address for your email report is jswcqsl@live.jp. I repeat, jswcqsl@live.jp. We continue to issue the printed QSO card by the same system as before. Your report should be addressed to jswc p.o. box 44 Kamakura, which is K-A-M-A-K-U-R-A. Postal code 248-8691, JAPAN. One ILC or two U.S. dollars for return postage will be appreciated. For this edition of DX Report, we would like to thank Mr. Yoshiaki Hayashi, Mr. Iwao Nagatani, Mr. Chiaki Shimada, and Mr. Kazuaki Oikawa for sharing the information with us. Thank you for listening and please join us for our next edition of DX Report of Japan Showtable Club. I'm Yukiko Tsuji in Tokyo.
0: Thank you very much, Yukiko. Thanks for listening to Wave Scan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, radio station 2MT, the centenary of the first regular radio broadcasting station in England. We'll also have our Philippine DX report from Henry Umarai. Several QSL cards are available for Wavescan. Send your AWR and KSDA reception reports for the program to the AWR address in Bangkok, Thailand. I'll give you in a moment. And also to the station your radio is tuned to. WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa or to IWRS Italy or to the AWR relay stations that carry Wavescan. Remember too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air here in Wavescan. They will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSL's is qsl at awr dot o r g the postal address for awr qsl cards is adventist world radio p.o box 234 Prakanon. that's p-r-a-k-a-n-o-n-g bangkok 10110 thailand again adventist world radio p.o box 234 Krakenong, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. And the email address for other correspondence to Wavescan, not reception reports, is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at Shortway Station WRMI in Okeechobee, Florida, in the U.S. Till next week, good listening, everyone.